0: So, hello everybody and welcome to our Brexit webinar, BIA Brexit webinar for May 2019. It's Steve Bates at uh, the BIA and we're joined by Laura Collister and uh, if you're a tracker of these things we're 168 days until the new uh, deadline of the 31st of October or if transition is going to happen 595 days uh, away from that. What we're going to cover today is where we're at today what's happened with the extension deals a little bit on uk politics uh, particularly the european elections uh, look at what the implications of the european elections um mean in europe and then what we're doing um, i think if i was to summarize what's happened since our last uh webinar uh where much of this was uh on, on option on option uh, for you and these remain on our youtube channel what's happened since um uh, since our last webinar is not very much If I'm honest, um, there's been uh, parliamentary holidays and despite Tusk saying, do not waste this time, there's not been a great deal of developments, but we'll take you through what there has been uh, and um, set the context, I think, for the coming months. And as you know, I always make sure that people have the opportunity to remember that the UK remains the world's third global cluster in life sciences with great universities, world leadership in cell and gene therapies, genomics and AI, great funding. Uh, uh, happening and a a great uh, set of companies generating more than 30 billion of exports as we go forward. And um, on Brexit, uh, we're still arguing for the same old stuff that everybody knows, a formal relationship with the European Medicines Agency after exit day, frictionless borders, so that patients uh, can get continued supply of medicine, uh, that we have a safe, uh, rapid and effective patient safety and public health systems, including pandemic responses, both sides, that patients can get access to the latest medical treatments at launch, via clinical trials and through R&D of new medicines, that we want to avoid duplication of red tape and with a harmonization of as many rules as we can possible, and that we want the UK life science industry to grow. Also important within that, of course, is the movement of people that need to maintain brain circulation. Experts coming to and from, we're a global sector, we benefit from global insight and we, um, uh, we want low barriers to, to make that possible both within academia and crucially for businesses. And we see benefits for R&D and funding for a continued engagement with the European network, which has been so important for our academic colleagues uh, and uh, also with the European Investment Fund, the European Investment Bank, in terms of the excellent um, returns they've seen from investment in uh, life science companies in the UK. So um, whilst some things change, some things stay the same. And as you know, these have been our positions adopted at the behest of members, really, since the referendum, uh, and we see no reason, as of today, to change any of them. So where are we? Um, if you were with us last month, you'll remember that this had happened, I think, on the day of our last um, our last webinar, the European Council, this is the formal European Council conclusion, uh, which had stated that um, there was going to be an extension for the ratification of the withdrawal agreement, uh, letter to the UK. And this would be, could be no longer than the 31st of October. And if the withdrawal agreement is ratified by, by both parties before this date, the withdrawal will take place on the first day of the month of the following month. But of course, it said that the UK must hold uh, elections. And if it failed to live up to this obligation, the withdrawal will take place on the 1st of June. As you can see, um, as we'll talk about, um, the UK is well down the track of doing uh, taking part in those European elections. Uh, so I think that that, um, that that probably has fallen, but this is the, the formal, a reminder of the formal text. Uh, and uh, the European Council will remain seized of the matter and we will review progress at its meeting in June, which is uh, uh, a few weeks away, 20th and 21st of June. So formally, when could the UK leave the EU with a deal? Technically, on the 16th of May, as we look at it, it could do it on the 1st of June, the 1st of July the last date UK could leave without UK MEPs taking their seats in the European Parliament, the 1st of August, the 1st of September, the 1st of October, or potentially the 1st of October or later if there was a further extension agreed. So um, we're running down the road of these dates. I think the first two are extremely unlikely. I think many of them are pretty unlikely. Um, uh, But uh, we we have this in our, our minds and we are obviously cognizant of it depending on political process. Um, Doesn't seem to be much development in the political process uh, in a meaningful sense at the moment, so I think um, they remain uh, on the table. Uh, So, if you like, uh, five dates before uh, Halloween when the UK could leave with a deal, and the date of Halloween as a date when uh, the UK could leave without a deal, or there could be a further discussion and a further extension. Who knows? I'm gonna hand over to Laura to give us a sense as to what's going on in terms of the UK update, Laura.
1: Thank you, so um, you've seen this slide quite a few times before. This is um, a diagram that the BBC did a couple of years ago. Um, We're stuck on the purple circle, Um, still need um, following the extension, Um, still no agreement, Um, therefore we're still there. Um, You'll see this week that there's been that Um, Government has said that they'll try again to get the withdrawal agreement through Parliament the week of the 3rd of June Um, that's quite a busy week in the UK because it's when Trump is here for the 75th anniversary of D-Day landings Um, the vote will go ahead at the moment even if there is no deal between the Labour and Conservative parties. Um, this morning there had been um, some press reports that Labour wouldn't vote, but this afternoon they have said that they will vote against it unless there is a deal. Um, the other day there was some um, media discussions saying that number 10 was saying that if the vote isn't passed, the choice will be between a no-deal Brexit or revoking Article 50. And then also a nice fact that came up on the Parliament website the other day that the current parliamentary session is now the longest session by sitting days since the English Civil War and as of Friday the 10th of May it had run for 298 sitting days or over two and a half thousand hours of which I guess most of it must have been discussion about Brexit. Going back into those deal negotiations a bit more, obviously they've been going on for quite a long time. There were some press reports about um, the um, Brexit negotiator, Ollie Robbins, um, who's a civil servant, going to Brussels to ask about um, the timing of potential changes to political declaration. It's the declaration. Which sets out the broad parameters for what the future relationship between the UK and EU could look like and forms a basis for those negotiations. And this um, article on the right, which I think came from the Sun, talks about it's so around the customs union, but there isn't any formal confirmation that it was around that. And the Labour Party also appears to be quite split over whether there needs to be a referendum on the final deal, with different people coming out saying different things. Um, the Conservative Brexit, the Brexit Party, the Conservative Party also want the Prime Minister to stop the negotiations. Um, their focus is around um, the Labour Party ask for a customs union, um, and there are also Labour Party concerns that the change in the Conservative leadership, which will happen, could impact the implementation of the deal. Equally, if there is a deal, um, MPs on both sides have sort of raised a lot of concerns. So there's also this question of if the Conservatives and Labour. Um, got a deal would it make it through parliament?
0: <clears throat> Laura th- thanks for that I think my take on this is if you think about it um, uh, when the uh, extension uh, was agreed by the European Union in a sense that the question to the UK was go back and do your homework do two things you'll have to take part in the European elections and that might force a democratic moment or a, a thought process amongst the UK electorate and you'll also uh, see if you can do a deal cross party like many European parliaments do. Um, The doing a deal cross-party doesn't seem to be going very well and doesn't seem to be producing a breakthrough or a consensus. Um, Although I do think that in our area, in life sciences, um, uh, I'm getting indications that there is broad consensus in our space, particularly around the need for continued close cooperation, engagement, um, rapporteurships at the medicines agency. And potentially, if a deal was to be done, I believe that there would be a a good chance of consensus across parties in things that might be important for our sector. However, that doesn't mean to say that I think that that is going to be likely or it would get through Parliament if it was. But if you think about it from a European perspective, UK has gone away to do its homework. It's failing pretty fundamentally on coming up with a cross party deal as we sit and speak today on the Thursday, the 16th. Um, And the European elections, which um, I imagine the European Union Hoped or the EU 27 hoped might bring a consensus position in the UK doesn't seem to be showing that from the polling that you've seen, Laura.
1: No, now if I move on to the next one, um, here's a few um, graphics I took the other day. Um, obviously, um, this isn't a traditional um, look at where the parties are. Um, some stats down on the left show um, from CapEx show that. Um, 2017 election, 84% of the population voted for a combination of Labour and Conservatives. Um, At the moment, if it all goes, um, as the polls are currently showing, it will be down to 48%. And I know traditionally other parties have done better in European elections, but that is um, a big differential just in the space of two years. Um, So um, I'm sure you've probably seen in all the newspapers, um, the Brexit party doing incredibly well. Um, Change UK uh, or the, independ- the independent group are um, using their momentum a little bit and the Conservatives are down in this place at the moment um, in terms of voting intention and um, the tracker on the right sort of shows the downward trajectory of the Conservatives which um, pretty much is the opposite mirror of the Brexit party. Um, In terms of just running through um, where some of the parties are this morning, obviously the pressure on um, Theresa May continues to step down on name a date um, and members are looking at alternative ways to put the pressure on to create a leadership um, challenge if need be. They're unable to hold another official challenge until December because they did um, a previous um, official challenge of no confidence, um, which goes by the 1922 committee in December last year, which means that they can't do it for another year. Um, Theresa May went to meet some of the senior officials, um, senior members of the 1922 committee this morning, um, who are encouraging her to set a date. Um, There was discussion in some of the papers around a no-confidence vote move on the 12th of June, Um, and after the meeting um, this morning, the Prime Minister has said that um, she will make a a decision on the date after the vote. there's also, obviously, lots of MPs, um, Conservative MPs, who are thinking of themselves as potential leaders and looking for support. Esther McVeigh um, came out a week or so ago and um, join the leadership race, and then today, when asked, Boris said, of course, I'm going for it. So um, there are, there should be, there will be an awful lot of Conservatives seeking that leadership. I think there's been some discussion about possible dream teams between, um, Two members of or former members of the cabinets, um, but um, I think as soon as that date gets announced, we'll expect a lot more um, clarity from there. In terms of Labour, quite a short slide here. Um, they're very split on the second referendum. They're looking at focusing other issues. So water nationalisation um, today is their key focus. They have a manifesto for the European elections. It's very similar to their UK manifesto, um, no focus on our sector in it. Um, In terms of the Liberal Democrats, obviously they are suddenly becoming much more resurgent um, on their platform of stopping Brexit. Had initially looked like the independent group or change may take away from that, but um, the Lib Dems um, appear to be, um, the polls are showing them doing very well and um, their um, election, European election manifesto talks about um, research, treatment, our sector, etc. so, um, and the need um, how being part of the EU means we get new medicines um, within the UK and block quicker than those not in the EU. Um, in terms of Change UK, it's now an now, um, official political party. They weren't able to stand in the local elections, but now they are a party. Um, but they do, as I was saying before, appear to be losing some ground potentially to the Dems. Their MEP candidates are joined, um, drawn mostly the Conservatives and the Labour Party, um, former Conservative Health Secretary Stephen is there, some former Labour MPs are also there and some former Labour Party advisors. Their key policy document is called a Charter for Remain um, picks up quite a few um, quite specific issues around our sector. Um, highlights the loss of expertise and opportunity by the departure of the EMA, Um, and it states, this is taken directly from the document, um, says that the Change UK MEPs will vote for the UK to be reinstated around the table as full decision makers in the EMA and fight to hold the UK government to account for ignoring the vote of parliament to make it a negotiating objective for the UK to continue to participate in the European Medicines Regulatory Network. Brexit Party, um, also now an official political party and um, no policy documents on their website. Um, I think um, very much a one-issue party and, um, as you saw from the pictures of the polls, drawing an awful lot of support from the Conservatives, but I think sort of also picking up um, some votes from other
0: parties. <coughs> Thanks, Laura. And I think if you look at the, 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 the live list, I think It does show that having a consistent industry message um, means that uh, political parties who are interested in uh, policy detail um, have uh, seen the uh, consistent position we've held and been able to um, reflect that in some of their uh, policy manifestos. If you think about it, our position is not only in the political declaration, uh, reflected in some of the um, work that's gone through Parliament, some of the bills that are through Parliament. It's interesting to see them uh, see it appear in uh, the detailed positions of some of the parties that are, uh, that, uh, are, are interested in uh, the detail in, in our sector. And um, I look forward to, uh, to a detailed uh, policy from the Brexit party on um, what, uh, uh, what they would do uh, with regards to uh, continued close cooperation or, or perhaps an alternative view. Uh, it's difficult to assess their position uh, with regard to our sector, because I don't think they've uh, gone into any detail uh, on uh, what this would mean. If you look at the local elections uh, last time around, uh, that has happened in the last uh, in the, in the, within the last month, um, uh, I think you can see that uh, the hemorrhaging of support from both the Conservatives and Labour uh, suggests that there is um, uh, uh, an ongoing frustration from the public uh, about the um, uh, about the the situation at Westminster, uh, the, res- the 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 vote here split in, in several different places. Uh, the UK Independence Party uh, was the uh, went, went down, uh, but was the repository of um, uh, of, uh, of the Brexit vote last time around. But the Brexit Party hadn't got it into, into gear by then. And interestingly, the pro uh, Remain vote seemed to go. Liberal Democrat and Green, uh, which was interesting. Changing gear a little and looking at some of the agencies that matter to us, um, Ian Hudson, the chief executive of the MHRA, is uh, is retiring this year. Uh, that's policies that that's been announced for some time. Um, we've seen other um, other developments uh, with uh, other senior leaders in the MHRA um, uh, announcing plans to to leave. The MHRA has no longer is in charge of any rapporteurships at the EMA and um, uh, the government is now um, planning to support the MHRA's capability, which I think is a very good thing with some government grant, uh, but how that will work in the longer term I think is unknown. The day one readiness guidance for uh, no deal, which we'd spent some time on uh, talking about in previous uh, months, Uh, we've not done much focus on this in, in a sense. Um, We know that there's still some outstanding documentation and questions on that, but uh, but broadly, we're putting that to one side in the last month and uh, focused on some other issues, but uh, it remains as a block of work ready to go if we need to. And that links to really to to why we've deprioritised it. If you look at the the no-deal planning, um, uh, people who've been involved in no-deal planning would have received this communication from uh, Steve Oldfield, who is leading the uh, Department of Health Uh, plan on contingency for no deal continuation of supply and uh, we're getting clear indications from him that 31st of October is the only date on which no deal exit could happen Uh, and they are asking us for uh, no deal measures to remain in place stockpiles additional buffer stocks until further guidance is available and I know that they are keen to provide uh, further guidance at the earliest possible opportunity. I think it's unlikely that we'll see that until uh, the end of June uh, at the earliest, um, but uh, we are keen that the, that they get from um, across government a clear view as to what they do require industry to do. Uh, I've been very clear with government that um, uh, maintaining readiness at the state of uh, supply that we were asked to for a continuing period of time is very very difficult. I think the government acknowledge that. They also acknowledge that they've uh, marched everybody up to the top of the hill with the the date in dates in um, around Easter in March and April, and uh, therefore any uh, planning takes place in a new context. If that plan was to come out, I think the flip side of this is also that um, we are. Um, we are further down the track in terms of having the bones of the plan than we were uh, uh, having to do it de novo because we have done most of the thinking at least. So, what should we do? Perhaps expect further holding communication. We'll continue to work with government and I think by the summer um, we hope that uh, if if it's a, an option that's uh, on the table uh, we'll, we'll uh, begin communication again. Um, perhaps this is a moment for reflection and if there's anything that uh, uh, that we've learned from from the past few months that we need to take learnings from. I think the, the government, the, the Department of Health, are in um, listening mode. What went well? What could they improve? What else needs to be done next time around? Quick email to Laura might be an effective way of, of doing it. And um, we're seeing from some of the Freedom of Information requests that have come out that um, uh, no-deal Brexit would be very, very difficult for uh, for the NHS Um, in terms of their thinking of a few months ago. Laura, why don't you tell us what's going on from the EU perspective?
1: Yep, sure. So um, obviously um, the flip side of European elections is um, in the UK is that there's also um, European elections across Europe. So um, looking at the polls, which obviously aren't always right. Um, This is what it's showing at the moment, so increased support for the Alliance of Liberals and Democrats um, for Europe, um, of which the UK's Liberal Democrats are members of. Um, Some losses for the European People's Party, um, though that is still likely to remain the largest group as long as all the members of that group remain in that group. Um, There will be some gains for some of the Eurosceptic and anti-European parties but they're not um, an official European group um, because their views are quite disparate. Um, If they were to come together, um, they might be a substantial group if the polls are correct and um, the the anticipated numbers that the polls are saying come back to Parliament. Um, So what does this mean? Well, we're thinking about what does this mean for the future of negotiation? How does um, the makeup of the new party potentially impact um, both how how the UK leaves the EU and how the future a future relationship might be negotiated. Also at the same time there needs to be a new Commission Um, there's an informal meeting of the European Council on the 28th of May that will look at um, the procedures for getting those new EU Commissioners in place and um, Donald Tusk said today his intention is to carry out an election of heads of EU institutions in a swift, smooth and effective manner. He also talked about the need for um, Broad representation across all the members in all the commissioner roles. Um,
0: just so Should I talk to this? So yeah. uh, it was interesting to see in the European Medicines Agency annual report um, Guido Razzi's um, uh, summary at the beginning, um, looking back on 2018 with mixed feelings. I think we would all share share that. Um, I think. I'll just read his words. There's no escaping that these cutbacks have hampered, at least in the short-term, the ability of this agency to keep abreast of scientific and regulatory developments and to support the research and development of medicines in Europe. In a sense, I think we all agree that um, uh, the denu- uh, denial of uh, UK expertise to the European network has not been a positive force. Uh, and in the global scheme of things, um, having an agency unable to keep abreast with scientific and regulatory developments support, the research and development of medicines in Europe is not in the interest of anybody's uh, um, interest of anybody, so uh, interesting to see that reflected by by Guido, and, uh, and I look forward to, to discussing further with him at Bio uh, in the first week of June. Maybe I can just reflect a little on what we're doing and what our focus is at the moment. So obviously, uh, on no-deal planning and contingency, has taken up much of the time in the first half of this year. Um, I think we're seeking clarity and communication from government about what their ask from us is so that we can get ready for um, any potential october deadline Um, and we're continuing to engage with the mhra about what the rules might be under that scenario we've got to be ready for all outcomes um, uh, and although i think it's uh, unlikely that we will see uh, an early deal it would lead to a new phase of uh, of operation and new discussion but i don't think we're there yet, and we're ready if there's no deal to make sure that people have understood the uh, nature of the evidence that we've put and worked very hard to to avoid. Um, I think I suppose our our focus a little is, um, we think that there is a strong case for regulatory cooperation for UK to play a full part in the European network, um, why medicines are different from other parts of other types of regulation. All regulation has its own heritage, its own Um, uh, uh, own formation it's different pedigree uh, and different structure Uh, and I think what's increasingly clear to us is that making the case sector by sector is important we've seen that at the last minute before no deal um, different sort of sticking patches were organized in different parts of the both life science sector devices different from medicines um, and between sectors uh, sticking patches were different it's quite important to get into the detail of this and I think uh, explaining the benefits and the practical practical ways in which some of these cooperations could take place is where we're going and that's what taking us really to a brussels focus as the the new European Parliament forms uh, and as the uh, as the commission uh, comes together uh, doing laying some groundwork over the next period of time is where we'll put a degree of our focus whilst at the same time being cognizant that there's uh, going to be a changing conservative leadership at some point. Um, in the UK and uh, watching and engaging with the, uh, the the forces involved in that uh, and uh, helping them explain why um, harmonisation of uh, rules and regulations is business friendly, uh, why divergence and uh, new tape barriers isn't something that uh, a right or centre party might be wanting to to impose on um, not on one of its most vibrant sectors is, uh, is part of the discourse and narrative we'll be keen to. Make sure that uh, people understand equally uh, we'll be keeping going with our sector engagement if you've come to our lead networks uh, i think we've another one in the summer um webinars we'll do another one in june our website is where we're putting together all of our info and thank you uh, thank you for the feedback on uh, finding that useful Um, uh, and uh, as ols go around and seek the views of companies we're trying to make sure that uh, that if, there's, if, if you want to get engaged, you can, can get engaged in those. Um, we've had good relationships with the ministerial engagements, they continue very well under the chairmanship of Nicola Blackwood for the government, that's going effectively and, and continuing to roll. Uh, we're working with the MHRA on, on developments and thinking there. And as Parliament comes back, we're trying to make sure that um, the, the details that's ahead of them is, uh, understand our issues um, So on European elections, um, MEPs will be in Brussels and Strasbourg across the summer. Um, we're thinking of uh, engaging with uh, the new crop of UK MEPs as they as they arrive, uh, making sure they understand um, the detail, what we care about. If, if people are meeting uh, MEP candidates locally, or would like the BIA briefing, or engage with the, those elections, or bump into them after the election, um, Laura has a briefing, and uh, we'd be keen to. To understand what meetings you've had, um, European Biotech Week is in September, and we're thinking about whether it makes sense for us to engage with that a little more fully uh, this year. Our BIA Brexit.org website—we um, used to call it a microsite. We've now got rid of the microsite. word micro because it seems to have megged—is um, there, and uh, if there's briefings or things, you may find that that useful. So. So where are we at uh, at, uh, on the 16th of May? Well, I think the important things this week, uh, lots of Europe around. Eurovision is on Saturday in Israel. Uh, So we look out to see uh, what that means for the future of Europe. Always a good way of uh, getting a sense of where where people are at. Then there's European elections, which will set the tone for the next stage, both in terms of the groupings we see uh, in the European Parliament and I think the nature of impact that that will have on the UK context, the UK debate about uh about brexit of course the the big one first of june liverpool v spurs for the european champions uh if you're american this is uh of course uh the key soccer game in uh, in europe uh uh, where um uh, two clubs from the country that's trying to leave the eu are seeking to be european champions uh, managed by uh, a german uh, and an argentinian Um, and then of course uh, uh, when we come back we're commencing the third with whoever's got the trophy Uh, The PM will continue to try and get the deal through Parliament, Uh, that's the week of bio uh, and I think we'll see, um, uh, uh, we'll have an interesting time in the first half of June ahead of the European Council on the 20th, 21st of June, where probably some decisions need to have been made. We'll keep going, Um, sorry there hasn't been many many jokes this time round, we'll keep doing great science, we continue to collaborate. Uh, we want uh, regulatory cooperation, frictionless trade, movement of people, and R&D collaboration. We hope you found this useful and enjoyable. And uh, our next webinar is, the, uh, is at the close of the European Council on the 21st of June, midsummer. And because it's midsummer, uh, we're going to do it in the middle of the day, 1 p.m. UK time, which I know is bright and early for people in uh, in the US. So it'll be 8 a.m. Eastern time. Um, We're moving it up uh, because uh, uh, we want to make sure that that we've uh, we've the the opportunity to do that. So we'll be on earlier on the the 21st of of June. Um, If people have got questions, I'm very happy to take a question or two. Don't ask me who's going to win Eurovision or the football. Or the outcome of the European election, or what's going to happen in Westminster. Well, I don't know the answer to any of those, and you're not asking me any. I think we shall move on. And uh, <laughs> thank you. Uh, we shall. Um, uh, we shall. Uh, uh, we shall say that the. What have we got coming up? Upcoming event, so we've a uh, Women in Biotech event at the Bioescalator in Oxford, the first time we're taking Women in Biotech outside of London, so that's really exciting for us. Uh, and then we're up at uh, Audley Park in the northwest on the 18th of June. Uh, next one of these in the um, 21st, and the CEO Investor Forum on the 24th, 25th. Um, 23rd of July is the ABPI BIA Brexit lead network, so uh, if you're not on holiday, um, uh, I'm sold Thomas Cook ch- seats are cheap. This this month because people have had Brexit nerves and therefore are not booking their summer holidays. Um, uh, You may be around for the uh, Brexit League network then and we've booked them in for September and October. So uh, uh, again, another one in September. Stevenage, we may see you in Stevenage in September. Our REC conference I think will be interesting this year on the 17th of September. Uh, Good discussion there with senior figures from the MHRA uh, around what uh, the implications of where we're at means for uh, our sector, so uh, a good one to be at the Diary, and our main autumn conference, October the 17th, Bioscience Forum uh, in County Hall. If you're not a member and want to join, uh, John Cutluck would be delighted to hear from you and we can talk about not just how we influence but how we connect people together and save you money. I've already told you we're on early uh, on Friday the 21st of June. Uh, with that, I'm going to say thank you and uh, uh, hope you have a great month.